You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Cock and this program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. And in it I talk to someone who is a person of note and we listen to music of their choice. And my guest tonight I'm talking to in the Western Cape. His name is Wayne Kutzer. Good evening, Wayne. Good evening, Richard, and thanks for chatting to me this evening. Well, it's great to have you on the program. And I think uh, because you've had such a, a varied career, maybe you could tell us just in a nutshell who you are and what you do. Okay, well, Richard, I think um, I grew up in the Midlands, in the Natal Midlands, and went to fantastic schools in the Midlands, Howick and Merkiston. And after that, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, so I went and studied a, a PR um, a, a diploma and then went on to study HR and then really didn't enjoy that and found myself in the Drakensberg um, at Champagne Castle doing an internship on hotel management and um, soon realized that, that hoteliering was my calling and um, ended up working at Champagne Castle for a while and doing my uh, diploma and then moving into the hospitality arena and um, moved overseas, um, managed hotels overseas, came back and of course managed the Oyster Box for um, 19 years, which was really special. And, yeah, and, and that's um, a took very, a break yeah. after, after 19 years and now at Fergleerken as MD. Well, there we are. So in a nutshell, Oyster box, well, Champagne Castle, Oyster box, Fergelegen. And Fergelegen is rather different to the Oyster box because it, does it offer accommodation or not? It doesn't really offer accommodation at this stage. Um, there are hospitality offerings and it is very different. It's very spacious. It's, you know, it's all about the environment. There's the wine aspect, which is new as well, which is fantastic. Um, but it's the same golden thread that runs through it's uh, hospitality, generosity, all the elements that, uh, you know, worked well at the Oyster Box. Uh, we are applying here to make it a very special place. Well, and you've made a, a, quite a change from Natal, where you've been most of your life now, to the Western Cape. Uh, just as a matter of interest, how are you settling down in the Western Cape? Are you enjoying the Cape winter? Absolutely. It's actually quite nice to have a, a change of wardrobe and to be able to put a jersey on and a jacket or some gumboots and walk around in the mud. Um, although I'm a banana boy through and through, having grown up in the Midlands, my parents were farmers up in the Midlands, and I know that, that coastline intimately, and I absolutely love the history um, and the stories of KwaZulu-Natal. It's, it's really in my blood. But it's been a nice change. People are very hospitable down here. And, you know, the scenery is very different as well, the um, vegetation. So it's been fantastic. I've actually really enjoyed it. Well, what we're going to do is listen to your first choice of music, and then I want you to tell us a bit about Fergelechen, because it's a really important farm in the history of the Western Cape. So let's listen to your first choice of music, which is Phil Collins' Two Hearts. That was Two Hearts, famous song of Phil Collins, the choice of Wayne Kutzer, who's my guest in People of Note tonight, who's just recently moved to the Western Cape to be managing director of Fergelechen Wine Farm. Wayne, just tell us why Fergelechen is important, sort of, not only as a wine farm, but in the history of the Western Cape. Well, it's the second oldest wine farm in the Cape, um, and Fergelechen was granted to 
William van der Stel in the 1700s. And the property really has a long and fascinating history. Um, William van der Stel uh, was the son of the governor of Simon van der Stel, who founded the famous Spruit Constantia as well, which everyone knows in the Cape. And on his retirement, um, his son became the owner. And of course, Fafeliethen meaning far away, it was situated far away from Cape Town in those days. And it is the most spectacular, spectacular property. You know, it is a bit of a hidden secret, funnily enough, um, because it is out of the way. And a lot of Cape Townians even haven't been to this estate. So I'm quite shocked to find that um, when I'm walking around and inviting guests, people haven't been here who live in the Cape and have lived in the Cape for a long time. Um, Anglo obviously bought the property um, and have had it for 34 years and have done incredible changes or improvements to the property, restoring it, um, making part of the environmental side um, a wildlife reserve, bringing back the heritage, um, positioning the wines as some of the best wines in the world. Um, and so, you know, what, we, and what we're doing now is um, just adding to the dimensions and the layers that have been Add, add, been done historically, just improving on those. And I think there's been a connection also with um, Joburg because wasn't Sir Lionel Phillips the owner at one stage? Yes, so Sir Lionel Phillips, uh, they, they, that family owned this property from 1917 to 1941. And Lady Phillips was the person who really restored the homestead to what it is now. Um, and in fact, something of interest, we are busy making a rosé in honour of her because she was also one of the founders of the Kirsten Bosch Gardens. Well, and the Johannesburg Art Gallery. And, they, and the Art Gallery. Yes, and they lived in uh, Arcadia, uh, which is a very famous yes. home here in Johannesburg. So, yeah. I mean, there's strong yeah. Johannesburg connections. Had he, did he retire down there or, or did they retire down there? You mean at Fagelechen? Yes. Or was that their Cape base, as it were? That was their Cape. This was their Cape base. Yeah. Um, in fact, yeah. I was in Montague the other day and um, realized, was told by a historian in Montague that they had a fantastic holiday home just outside Montague near the spa, the hot okay. springs. Yeah. Um, so this was their base and they obviously traveled around quite extensively. But she was responsible for um, the improvements that were made after the Van der Stel era um, the beautiful gardens. There's, there's so much um, of her touches at Fergelechen. Uh, so just tell us a bit about that, because I know uh, those famous camphor trees, which are uh, very ancient. There's also an amazing collection of camellia plants, I seem to think, uh, and of course the, the vineyards themselves. So just give us a, a brief picture of Fergelechen from a sort of uh, natural point of view. It's just, it is the most phenomenal property. And I know you've been here, Richard, but for those who haven't been, um, it's really worth a visit. So there's 18 diverse gardens covering 10 acres, um, including the heritage areas, which span about 60 hectares. So in those um, areas is a phenomenal rose garden, two rose gardens, in fact. There's, of course, the famous camphor trees, which are 300 years old and, and declared a, a natural monument national monument. Um, we've also got uh, two hectares of camellias, which is just phenomenal. They're about to flower now. Um, there are thousands of camellia plants. And um, I think we've been declared one of two camellia gardens of excellence in the whole of Southern Africa. Um, we're busy putting in a indigenous garden of, uh, of 
proteas and fainbos. Up at the winery, we've already got a, a fantastic indigenous garden, which is worth visiting. This year, just to, during COVID, we decided, you know, what was going to be the draw card for locals to the estate. So we planted a couple of hectares of sunflowers, and we had people just coming through to the estate to pick sunflowers and to have a coffee and to walk around. We've just taken out those sunflowers and planted a couple of hectares of African daisies. So you won't have to go up north to go and see the daisies. You can just pop to Fergelechen and walk through the daisies, and they'll be out in about September. They were very successful last year. And then we've got 120 hectares under vines. And, of course, Andre van Rensburg, our well-known um, winemaker, is responsible for that um, area. And you said earlier that the, uh, the vines or the wines that you produce are now of world quality. Let's listen to your, your next choice of music, which is Girls on Film by Duran Duran, and then we'll hear about the wines. Girls on Film. That was Girls on Film by Duran Duran and the choice of Wayne Kutzer, who's my guest in People of Night uh, of Note. And very appropriately, your next choice will reflect what you're going to tell us about now, which is the the wines that are produced by Fergelechen Wine Estate. Just tell us about those. The wines are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Andre van Rensburg's done, this is his 24th harvest, um, so he knows the property extremely well. He's an absolute passionate winemaker. I've never met anyone with so much passion in my life. I mean, prior to this year's harvest, he was getting up at four o'clock in the morning and heading to the vines with a torch to see if the um, you know, the grapes have reached the right balling and whether they were ready to harvest. He's made some incredible wines. We, we predominantly a Cabernet farm. Um, he's made a blend, GVB red, um, and white that has won the Pichon Trophy twice for the best red wine in the world. So um, we have we do have amazing wines. We, the, the vines are virus-free, the only virus-free vines in South Southern Africa, uh, which makes the quality of the grape extremely good, and obviously that transfers into the bottle as very good wine. Now, how on earth can you be virus-free when you're in the middle of so many other vineyards? Well, we've got a we've got an extremely extensive program. Um, obviously, it is difficult with surrounding vineyards. However, um, his wife, in fact, runs a laboratory, and we have a, a good budget to control um, our vines and ensure that all the procedures are in place to to make sure they are virus-free. Yeah, because I remember, uh, of course, the Rhodes fruit farms came into being when uh, phylloxera damaged so many vines, and Rhodes bought up a whole lot of wine farms. It's almost surprising that this was not one of them in a way. Absolutely. No, it's a very serious part of our business. And I suppose uh, the honest truth be known, many farmers wouldn't be able to afford the program that we have in place. But Anglo have focused on ensuring that we, we have the funds to, to keep the program running and make sure our vines are virus free. Fantastic. Well, here comes your next choice, which is UB40 with red, red wine. That was UB40 with Red Red Wine, the choice of Wayne Kutzer, who is the general manager of Fergelichen Wine Farm. Wayne, uh, you said earlier that you spent, I think, 19 years at the Oyster Box. And obviously, this is a different business that, well, somewhat different business that you're in now. Are you in charge of the whole of Fergelichen, including the wine part of it, or do you just run the hospitality part. 
No, so I'm MD of the property, which includes the wine side. And it's quite fascinating because um, originally, I, you know, I thought well, the wine side would be very different and rather difficult. But to be honest with you, it's not at all. It's uh, people buy from people, and it's all about relationships. Of course, I don't have to make the wine. That's why we've got Andre, and we've got the farm team um, running the estate as well. So it's overseeing the property. And also the developmental side, which will probably take place, will be on the hospitality areas. Um, one of our big aims is to get more people through the estate and to um, improve on the offerings that we have for the general public, which is generally in the hospitality segment of the estate. And w when I said earlier that uh, there was no accommodation, is that in the planning to build some accommodation? That's that was in the pipeline at one stage, and it look, it's something that we could look at in the future. Um, it certainly lends itself for an incredible small boutique hotel or even lovely villas. Um, but it's not something we're looking at right now. COVID, of course, has thrown a spanner in the works a little bit. Um, but certainly this property with a couple of villas or a, a lovely boutique hotel would be incredible because the location is just phenomenal. And before lockdown, did you have a lot of foreign tourists visiting Vergelegen? We did indeed. It's, um, I have to say, it's quite um, sad to see how that has dropped off. Opposite us, we have an incredible state called um, Erinvale. And um, a lot of swallows lived on Erinvale. So a number of our visitors to the estate were internationals. And we have a fine dining restaurant called Campers, And that was frequented by um, an international following. But since lockdown, we've seen very few foreigners through the estate. Um, but we've changed the business to accommodate our locals a little bit more, and we're very grateful for what our locals have done for us and how they're supporting us. Yeah, well, and your next choice perhaps is an important one. The first cut is the deepest. Uh, this is Rod Stewart. Here it comes. That was Rod Stewart with The First Cut is the Deepest, the choice of Wayne Kutzer, my guest in People of Note. Uh, we're talking about Vergelegen Wine Farm, where Wayne is currently the managing director. But Wayne, tell us a bit about your years at the Oyster Box, because obviously 19 years in that job uh, was quite a chunk of your life, and obviously quite an important chunk. It was indeed, and it was a, a wonderful time in my life. I, um, I grew up as a little boy in Natal, and of course spent a lot of time uh, swimming and playing on that coastline and in fact in the rocks below the oyster box so it was quite strange that I should end up um, being MD of the oyster box for that time um, working for the Tolman family was just incredible incredible visionaries what they did to the property in terms of the investment and taking it from a, a basic little three-star hotel to a hotel that won the best hotel in Africa for five six years running um, was just remarkable they are hoteliers of note. They look after their people, really incredible people. And that's probably why I stayed for such a long time. Um, and, of course, we had the Twelve Apostles down in Cape Town and Bushman's Kloof as well, um, which we visitors visited often. Um, they've just built an amazing lodge in Botswana called Kidra, which I have no doubt will win many awards as well. They're really put their full effort into whatever they do. And what made the oyster box so special? I think for South Africans, first of all, the oyster box 
had mantelpiece moments for so many people. Um, it's such a beautiful old property, and when it was restored, um, it was done carefully and sympathetically, and so it was still revered and loved by people. People didn't feel that um, it had been tarted up, if you like. It had just been restored, and it had an intrinsic character, which many hotels don't have, but the oyster box had layers and history in it, and I mean, you could feel it when you were there. People just absolutely loved the property, and the location with the lighthouse in front um, on the rock with the rocks below and the warm Indian Ocean. It's just it is a very, very special place. Do you miss seeing the sea on a daily basis or uh, you, you're not far from the sea at Vergelegen, I think? <laughs> We're not far from the sea. I mean, we've got the Strand and Gordon's Bay, which is beautiful. But, you know, I just do what if I miss the sea, I do what William van der Stel used to do is go up to the Scarpenberg and look out over False Bay. So, I don't feel I'm totally disconnected from the sea at all in any way, although I have to say I do prefer the temperature of the Natal coastline. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> but in fact, that story you mentioned about uh, van der Stel climbing up the, the mountain, I think he was a bit of a, a skellum when it came to selling his goods to the passing ships because there's a, a famous story, I think, that he used to climb up there and as soon as he saw the ships appearing off False Bay, he would load up his... his um, wagons and send them off to the harbour. Absolutely. It was a very clever purchase, this with a strategic viewpoint that he could see the ships coming into False Bay first. So he was a good businessman, let's just say that. <laughs> but there's also, there's a, one of the aspects of Fergelechen is the uncovering of the old slave quarters, which un involves another part of the history of the Western Cape. So, yeah, the slave quarters, unfortunately, they did uncover it, and um, but it's it's all been covered up now. But we've got a lovely section in the museum, if you like, or in the homestead, all about the slave quarters, and there's a model being built of what those slave quarters would have looked like. And it's something that I want to, the, the, the area where the slave quarters were, it's an area I want to put a nice garden, because there's nothing there at the moment. So it is something we're going to work on in the future um, to pay a tribute to the, the slaves that were here. I'm talking to Wayne Kutzer, who is the managing director of Fergelegen Wine Farm in the Western Cape. Uh, I'm very familiar with that wine farm because for the last 20 years or so, we've been doing Starlight Classics there. And I'm talking to him as part of People of Note, the program that you're listening to on Classic 1027, uh, which is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8. And we're going to hear his next choice of music now, which is Midnight Oil and Beds Are Burning. Midnight oil and beds are burning. And Wayne, if you have, uh, if these pieces of music have any special resonance with you, I think you must just tell us because it's quite an eclectic choice of songs. Absolutely. I mean, having heard a mate of mine playing his songs the other day on your um, wonderful show, I thought I would rev him up a little bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, when you were at. Uh, Oyster Box, uh, one of the things that you seem to have done on a regular basis was talk to the Howick Forum. And uh, I was down there recently and was hearing uh, some of the things you, you did at Howick Forum. And were you sort of, are you involved in the hospitality business in any hands-on way other than being general manager? Uh, I mean, are you a cook yourself or what? Tell us about that. Well, absolutely. I, uh, and, and the forum is just the most incredible platform. And 
Having grown up in the Midlands, um, I just I just love the people in Howick and all the people that belong to that wonderful forum. Um, so I do I feel really connected to them, and they do such wonderful charity work. But yes, from a hospitality side of a point, I did my chefing at Granny Mouse under Richard Poynton, um, who has Cleopatra's Mountain Lodge now. And Richard is a classically trained chef, Cordon Bleu, and um, I do believe still to this day that um, you can't beat a classic meal. Um, something that I'm going to be trying to bring back to our Camphers restaurant, which is a fine dining restaurant, but I'm hoping to bring it in, into the new century and make it into a, a classic fine dining with classic Cape cuisine. Of which there's a lot. Of which there is a lot. Um, however, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, that feel are missing the real old classics um, with, a, with a slight twist to it. Um, fine dining, I think, after COVID, there's... There's not a huge demand at the moment for fine dining. You know, foams and froths on plates, I think that's something of the past. I think people just want a delicious plate of good food. And so um, that's what we plan to do with campers. Um, just make it an incredible experience with beautiful views and delicious food and lovely ambiance. Just give us an idea when you say classic uh, dishes in the Cape, uh, what are we talking about? Like Vata Blomaki Briedi, or are you talking Babuati, or what are you talking? Yeah, a little, a little bit of that. Um, I think you know, sort of those sort of dishes. Obviously, internationals coming to a wine estate of this um, sort, which is really historic and the second oldest, I think are expecting to find a little bit of that. And certainly, when I travel overseas. Um, if I go to Portugal or Spain, I like to go where the locals go for the local dishes. So I think we will bring some of that in, but also we're quite close to the ocean and there's nothing wrong with some fantastic fish dishes, classic grilled sole. Um, we've got a fantastic vegetable garden here. Uh, we'll be growing all our own asparagus and um, well, plenty of vegetables. So fresh vegetable dishes um, and just lovely cape, cape dishes. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, uh, growing your own vegetables is is a huge benefit. Did you have a similar setup at at the oyster box, or was that a different setup? No, unfortunately, we didn't have that at the oyster box. We had um, a huge problem with vervet monkeys, so uh, there was, you couldn't you could barely grow a hibiscus at the oyster box without <laughs> the vervets ripping them out the ground. So <laughs> that was the whole. But this, there's space, and there's nothing that they've got a few baboons on the hill, but they don't come down. So it's absolutely perfect for vegetables and cut flowers. So we plan to put in, we put the vegetable gardens in already. We've put a tunnel in, we're doing all our own seedlings. Um, so it really will be from vegetable garden to table. And you've also got perennial water running through there. Plenty of water, we've got perennial water. We've got this incredible dam on the top of the farm, 26 hectares. So we really have a lot of water. So irrigating is, a, is not a problem. Um, and the soil types are very good, and we're making our own compost at the moment, so um, all signs are there to have an incredible vegetable garden and fantastic produce. So we're also feeding the local, sending food to the local soup kitchens, all the spare vegetables that we have because we produce far too much for these two small restaurants. Um, so we're sending a lot of our vegetables at the moment to the the kitchens, the soup kitchens in, the, in Somerset West. 
Okay, just tell us a bit about that aspect of life now in the Western Cape, because there are some uh, communities, I'm sure, living near you uh, at Salauri's village, for example. I've seen, I've driven through there, and there are some some communities there that obviously are in need of help. So there are, there's been quite a few initiatives. During lockdown, we worked very closely with Rotary. Um, and in fact, because the restaurants were closed, we kept everyone employed. However, we cooked meals for our community. So we cooked thousands of meals, um, which were just distributed in areas like Solari's village. So, and we're still doing a little bit of that at the moment. We have scaled down because our kitchens are a bit small for uh, to, to do both um, rotary work and our normal day-to-day running. But we still are, as I said, um, assisting where we can. And Solari's past village certainly has a lot of people in need. Your next choice is Bob Marley, perhaps an appropriate choice now, Could You Be Loved? That was uh, Bob Marley with Could You Be Loved, the choice of Wayne Kutzer, who's my guest in People of Note. And Wayne, your mentioning there of Rotary brings me on to uh, another thing, because obviously you are quite, uh, you yourself are quite public-spirited from what I hear from uh, your fans in the Midlands, and also around the oyster box, but that's obviously an important part of your work as well, is being part of the local community. Absolutely, and in so many more ways than one. Um, I've always believed that, for instance, being part of this community, it's the community that at the end of the day supports you. And the internationals, while they're lovely to have, it's the cream of the business, but if you're not looking after your locals, um, I don't believe the international business follows either. As I said earlier, in terms of restaurants and hotels, internationals like to go um, to properties where the locals are happy and enjoying themselves. So I've always believed that you need to be part of a community and and make sure that your locals are looked after. Yeah, so that they all say, baby, I love your way, which is your next choice. <laughs> uh, here it comes. That was... Baby, I Love Your Way, uh, the choice of Wayne Kutzer, who's my guest in People of Note. He's the general manager at Fairgelegen Wine Farm in the Western Cape. Just briefly, Wayne, I want to touch on that great lawn that you have at Fairgelegen, where I've been able to host so many concerts on behalf of Rand Merchant Bank. It's a very special venue for, I mean, it's not necessarily a concert venue, but it certainly has become uh, associated with Starlight Classics and the Rand Merchant Bank annual concert that's held there, and it lends itself to that. Absolutely, and what a brand um, Starlight Classics is. Um, whenever I told people I was coming to Fairchlech, and the first people, the first thing people would say was Starlight Classics. So <laughs> um, it's it, what an incredible um, evening that is. I experienced the one just before lockdown. And it was remarkable, and it's such a pity that uh, we're not having it this year. But um, it is that lawn. There's nothing better on a good evening to sit on that lawn, the stars above you, the manor house behind you, surrounded by the camphor trees and the camphor forest. It's a really romantic spot. And as you know, um, probably one of the best locations in the country. Well, it certainly is. And and I was actually... Uh, part of the first recce when we came down to the Western Cape. It was just me and an old friend of mine. We were looking for venues for Starlight Classics. And he said, we better go and look at Fergelich and Wine Farm. It, it was more or less like that. We better go and have a look at it. 
And when when I saw it, I realized that this was actually the place where we should be doing it. And we've been there ever since. It's been it's been very good for Starlight Classics and I suspect very good for Fergelichen as well. No, it's been fantastic for us. And you know, we've got the space, the parking. Um, it's very easy. It, it really just works well. At the moment, funny enough, I'm developing another lawn on the other side of the property, sort of um, the far end in front of stables, but about a kilometer towards the mountain range, um, which will be a flat piece of land that will look onto the Hottentot Highlands, also a superb piece of ground that can be used for functions. So, uh, obviously, functions will be an important part of your work there as well, because there are there are not a lot of venues like that, I have to say, let alone in the Western Cape, in the whole of South Africa, and especially one situated as beautifully as Fergelirchen is. So any more venues that you can have there would, I'm sure, be very welcome. So your next choice is Cheryl Crow, If It Makes You Happy. That was Cheryl Crow with If It Makes You Happy, the choice of Wayne Kutzer. And... Uh, with all these developments going on, Wayne, during lockdown, uh, obviously your your restaurants, you said you've kept all the people employed and the, the vines go on. Have you been able to do anything special during lockdown, which perhaps you wouldn't have been able to do if there had been no lockdown? Yeah, it's interesting. I think for me personally, it gave me time to connect with the business, to understand the business properly, um, to understand the wine side. And also just to spend time absorbing Fergelirchen. It's a very big property. It's 3,500 hectares. Um, so I got to know the different areas. I got to, from the farming point of view, understand where we were doing alien clearing projects. Um, spend time with Andre, understand the seller, how that works. And connect with our export market. Because the one good thing that happened was our export market continued for the most part. And in fact, uh, the British have been drinking themselves into a coma. So we sold a lot of wine to the UK, which was fantastic. And has that been true for all wine farmers? Because one hears about the, the glut of wines because they haven't been able to sell. So how have you managed to do that? I think, you know, domestically in the domestic market in South Africa, it's been difficult. Um, all the number of restaurants closed down and we had all those... Um, days when the bottle stores were closed as well. So it, it was quite difficult domestically. But internationally, if you had your relationships, um, that just continued. They didn't have um, any lockdowns in terms of liquor in the UK or any other country. So um, where, we, where any wine farms had uh, international business, everyone seemed to do quite well. And Wayne, just uh, on another matter entirely, um, because you're on a classic music station, Classic 1027. Have you ever been anything of a musician of any kind? Absolutely not. I've been banned from singing, whistling, or playing any sort of instrument in the house. Why? Because I'm absolutely useless. The only, <laughs> the only time I had done anything musical was at Merkston. Merkston had a very good choir which at, at one stage was second to the sort of Drakensberg Boys Choir, and I was part of the, by default, I was part of the Merxton Choir, I think. Yeah. H had, you, had you been a boy at Drakensberg or not? No, 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 no. But having worked at Champagne Castle, we used to they take were, yeah. lunches on a Wednesday, take lunches off and head down to 
uh, their concerts, which is just phenomenal. And funny enough, the other day I was thinking how good it would be to to have a Drakensberg Boys Choir concert on the Great Lawns. Yeah, and I think they're probably open for that because they, their international touring, I expect, has come to a halt. Uh, and in Thanks fact, hope, I think yeah. um, schools like that, and especially uh, the Drakensberg Boys Choir, if they can't tour, that was a large part of their income, I think, in days gone by. And they definitely Absolutely. can't do that. I mean, it must be difficult enough to tour uh, locally, let alone internationally. Uh, and so that brings us, let's, let's hear your next choice of music, which is Beautiful Day. Uh, and then I want to hear about local tourism. So let's hear Beautiful Day. That was Beautiful Day, the choice of Wayne Kutzer, who's my guest on People of Note. He's the general manager at the Fergelichen Wine Farm. Wayne, uh, because of the lack of international tourists now, have you seen an increase in local tourism and have you been able to push that in any way? Absolutely, it's been phenomenal. And I think the entire country has seen an increase in domestic tourism. I mean, South Africans weren't able to travel overseas, so people have done road trips and a number of the small lodges that I'm still in touch with have said they've been extremely busy. Uh, I think we've had to, or everyone's had to, um, realign their rates, room rates for the domestic market, but where they have, game lodges have been extremely busy, country houses have been really busy, and a couple of weeks ago I took a drive out to the Clan Karoo and also through Montague and everywhere was fully booked. So. It was lovely to see that everyone has supported uh, their domestic uh, market and the tourism routes. Well, that, that is amazing. And I'm just interested to know if, um, if uh, Fergelichen is owned by Anglo-American, are there any other properties around South Africa which are owned by them which you could link up with them in terms of tourism? No, not that I'm aware of, uh, Richard. I don't think so. You know, mining is obviously their core business. Yeah. I think, yeah, no, is the only property that I'm aware of. It's a standalone property. And your your next choice of music is uh, a piece called You're Beautiful, which is very appropriate because Fergelichen certainly is very beautiful. Here it is, James Blunt. That was James Blunt with a wonderful piece called You're Beautiful. And Wayne, just tell me, uh, do you have a family? I do indeed. I have... I'm married with two boys, um, a 20-year-old and a 14-year-old, Tom and Jack. And have they translated well to the Western Cape? Absolutely. I mean, Jack's in Cape Town studying and loving it. He's doing a business management course. And Tom's at Somerset College and really enjoying it. It's an easy commute from, from home every morning. And, of course, he's loving farm life. I grew up on a farm in the Midlands, um, up in the Camberg, so... Um, it's been a huge and a fantastic opportunity for the boys to to have the space to enjoy as well. I was quite surprised the other day. I was at Piggly Wiggly and I noticed some vines. This is in the Midlands I'm talking about, for those of you who know where Piggly Wiggly is. I, there's some vines now behind Piggly Wiggly and I was amazed to see those in the Midlands. Well, Abingdon is, we were we did a road trip the other day, Andre and I to Natal. We did, visited all the restaurants and one of the dinners that we did was hosted by Abingdon in the Midlands and um, an incredible family who have done pioneering work in the Midlands. I mean, the Midlands is not an area to grow grapes. You know, they have hail, they have monkeys, they have um, a lot of rain, 
Um, it really is amazing to see what they've done and such a lovely estate to visit if you are in the Midlands. Well, there we are. That's uh, areas in the Midlands to visit. And you were talking earlier about the Tolman family and you mentioned the 12 apostles and was it Bushman's Kloof? The other Bushman's Kloof, yes. Yeah. And so there's a lot of attractions in the Western Cape for people to visit, especially now as uh, domestic tourism is sort of beginning to take off. And maybe this is a new uh, wave of tourism for South Africa is that tourists, you know, locals have come to discover their own country. Absolutely. I mean, it's such a remarkable country and has so much on offer, the beaches, the mountains. Um, I, I know some people from, from this farm who have been to the Drakensberg for the first time. Uh, they normally take an international holiday, but this year they decided to do the Drakensberg. They like hiking. And they came back blown away. I'd never been before. So I think it has been a wonderful time of discovery for South Africans. We have just so much on offer here. And um, I think also to, to to support our locals is a wonderful thing. And so I think COVID in a way has made us realize and open our eyes to what we actually have. Well, we're gonna open your eyes now with, uh, hey, soul sister, this is Train. That was, uh, hey, soul sister and the choice of Wayne Kutzer, who's my guest in People of Note. He's from the Verglichen Wine Farm in the Western Cape. Wayne, are your wines available at all locally? Absolutely. So things are opening up beautifully at the moment. And so a lot of restaurants that have been closed for the year are starting to open up. And um, our marketing and sales teams are out on the roads, getting our wines back on wine lists. We're back in all the bottle stores more than ever before. In Natal, we have a fantastic distributor, Miles Buxton, who's um, uh, representing us. And our wines are, are all over Natal at the moment, which is fantastic. Um, and we've got an online shop for the first time. Online was big during COVID. So um, we've built a fantastic platform to buy wines online, developed a new website. So absolutely, our, our wines are available everywhere locally. Okay, just tell us about your website. So the website, um, the, the, the new website, Fatlethen website, is we've changed it a little bit. It still has all the elements the other one had. However, we've introduced people and all the new aspects that we've got on the farm. There's, uh, as I said, an online shop, which is, which is easy to use. Um, and it also just showcases the entire property. Um, not only the wine side, but the two restaurants, um, the fantastic gardens, um, everything that we do daily, we're putting on, we've got somebody managing the website. So, um, yeah, it's a new fresh look, basically. And so, www.fergelegen.co.za. Okay, well, that's easy enough. And Fergelegen, for those of you who may not be able to spell it, V-E-R-G-E-L, E-G-E-N, fair gelegen. And that was, uh, another thing that I was just thinking, that was the original name, presumably, uh, taken by the Fundestels. Was the farm much bigger originally? Yes, it actually was. It incorporated a number of farms in the area, including Lawrenceford. Um, so it was bigger. It's 3,500 hectares now, but I believe it was 10,000. And, of course, he didn't uh, let on to anyone that it was that big. Um, but it was much bigger, 
But um, having said that, 3,500 hectares as it is now, if I get a chance to show you around, Richard, you'll see what a big property it is. It stretches right up to the Hottentot Hollands, up to the Scarpenberg. Um, it is an incredibly large property and so diverse. The Feinbos, the Protea, just, there, there's just so much to see on Fairclef. And we've introduced Eland. Um, we're introducing a quaker breeding program, which uh, we started putting up the fencing for that. So there is a lot to see here and explore. Okay, so you're, you're introducing a whole wildlife side to the business now as well. Absolutely. So we're also going to be getting in some safari vehicles so that you can do vineyard tours um, and environmental tours. So you'll be able to see our Bontebok, our Eland, our Quacha, and then stop in the vineyards and try the different varieties and um, spend time on the dam. It's it's really is going to be special. We're really opening up and making it a little bit more accessible. Well, what a fantastic story. And your next choice is, are we human or are we dancer? Are we human or are we dancer? The choice of Wayne Kutza. I'm always fascinated by that song. In fact, we've sung it at a Starlight Classics, I think probably at Fergelichen. Uh, and the next one that I see you've chosen, which is Purple Rain. So... Uh, yeah. I can see you've had some influences from Starlight Classics already in your choices of music. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now, just talking about uh, Somerset West, um, also an interesting history because uh, Lord Charles Somerset, uh, who na- uh, gave his name to Somerset West, uh, was one of the early governors, one of the early British governors of the Cape. So there must be some British influence in that area as well, apart from the Fundestels. I would imagine so. I really don't know the history of this property. I mean, of the Somerset West area property at this stage. I must, I'll certainly do some research. But uh, I mean, you've got the Lord Charles Hotel, and there's certainly some good old British names around. So I imagine so. Yeah. And of course, Sir Lowry. Uh, as in Solari's past, yeah, was another one. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of interesting history, not quite like the Natal history, because uh, Natal, uh, I've just been reading The Washing of the Spears, and that is an amazing story about the whole history of the Zulu kingdom. Uh, I don't know, was was the oyster box uh, far enough north to be part of that original kingdom? No, we were very involved with that. Um, you know, Rob Kasky, of course, um, and David Rattray, um, we used to send a number of people, people to those battlefields. And um, it's just a, a fantastic experience. A number of people that came back from Isandlwana or Rock's Drift. Um, it was a hard sell telling people to go to the battlefields for a day. But once they had been and, and these incredible raconteurs had told the story, um, they often came back sort of emotional. It's such a... It's such a wonderful history and, and something that everyone should have on their bucket list, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I've done it, and it was extremely emotional. I remember it well, sitting on the slopes of Isan Luana and listening to David Rattray. And uh, I had Rob Kasky on this program a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's obviously very passionate yeah. about what he does, too. And I think that storytelling uh, is a very important part of our whole uh, history in Africa and in South Africa, yeah. and I'm sure you could find someone to tell stories about Vergelichen um, as well. Well, funny enough, Rob, Rob Kasky has been a good friend for years, um, and um, I had Rob out recently. He spent a week here researching the history and putting a story together on Vergelichen, which he delivered a lecture or 
you know, in, at an event of ours, which was just remarkable on the history of Fairchelich. And it's a detailed history, but Rob has got an absolute talent for being, being able to memorize dates and, and times and all kinds of things. And he really brought Fairchelich in alive. He's, he's an incredible man. And he's the perfect person to go through to the battlefields with if you get a chance to. Um, he, he knows those stories intimately. I did a, a walk with my management team from the Oyster Box from Isandawana across the Buffalo River to to the lodge, and it was the most spectacular day. Yeah, amazing. So there are stories to be told in the Western Cape as well. And your next choice is Prince with Purple Rain. That was Prince and Purple Rain, and we're coming towards the end of the program now, and I just want to say again that I've been speaking to Wayne Kutzer, who is the managing director of Fergelichen Wine Farm in the Western Cape, and their website is www.fergelichen, that's V-E-R-G-E-L-E-G-E-N, V-E-R-G-E-L-E-G-E-N dot C-O dot Z-A. And as you heard from Wayne, they've just updated that website and all the information is there. And of course, you can drink their famous wines. Uh, just, Wayne, in, in coming to a conclusion, were the wines from Fergelichen as well known at any time as the wines of Grut Constantia? Oh, absolutely. I think absolutely. Although this hasn't got the wines, this is the 24th year that we've had a harvest. So oh, I see. So wine, as, so wine is relatively new. It is relatively new. Um, Anglo put the vines in, so it is relatively new. But I would say that our, it's probably the most awarded wine estate in the country and the wines as i've said before there's no questioning whether how good the wines are the wines are phenomenal um andre van rensburg is passionate about what he does and certainly that translates into the bottle perfectly yeah so so uh, the van der stel family were actually were they more vegetable and and cattle farmers rather than wine yeah. yes although he did have vines yeah apparently um you know after six years he had a million million vines so a lot wow. of vine stock so a lot of vines okay and but those are all now deep dark history there's there's none of those because i know vines last quite a long time but they're none of those original ones left no absolutely none yeah but the camphor trees strangely have survived and they are you say 300 years old and i guess they came from somewhere in the east absolutely and we're used obviously to make camphor chests because the Pungent smell keeps away insects, and they really are worthwhile coming to see. If you just come to Fergelich and just see those, you've, you've done well. Yesterday I was there, and they were just trimming the branches and cleaning up, and they're the most remarkable trees. They, you know, the wind here, I've never experienced wind like I have in this, on this property, and the tell just doesn't get wind. And um, these camphor trees have lasted and stood the test of time. They, they're incredible. Yeah. Well, I've experienced that wind because occasionally we, when we've been setting up for Starlight Classics, we've had hectic wind. And when we've got a big stage, uh, there's a limit to how much wind you're allowed to have before you have to shut everything down. Uh, yeah. So we've experienced those winds. But on the whole, we've had incredible weather in uh, sort of February. Yes. Wind, but it drops at night. So the weather has usually been absolutely perfect for Starlight. And those... If, if any of our listeners have seen um, videos of Starlight, you will see people with their candles and, and they're not blowing out. So there's not enough wind to blow out the candles at night, but it's, it's really one of the most beautiful venues. And I'm really jealous of you 
being the managing director there, Wayne Kutzer. And I just want to say thank you very much indeed for coming on the program and telling us about that and about your previous experiences at Oysterbox. Uh, thank you very much, Richard. It's been fantastic. And um, please come and be my guest. Let me show you around some of the parts that you haven't seen. I know you've seen the Great Lawns many times. But let me take you to back of house and up the hill as well. well and, and, that, and that applies to everyone. Anyone coming through, please be my guest. Yeah, So, and it's a good place to visit. So if you're planning a trip down to the Western Cape, then get to Fergelechen Wine Farm because it's really worthwhile. And this is particularly if you're traveling now as a gypsy, which is your last choice, Wayne, oh. uh, Fleetwood Mac with Gypsy. That was Fleetwood Mac with Gypsy, the final choice of Wayne Kutzer, who's my guest in People of Note. And we've come to the end of the program. Just a reminder that these programs are broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8. And in it, I talk to someone who is a person of note and will listen to music of their choice. And I will be back all during the week with full works from 7 to 10 each weekday evening, except on a Friday when it's 6 to 9. So, uh, Thanks again, Wayne, very much for being on the program. No, thank you, Richard. Absolutely fantastic. And I hope I haven't offended anyone with my music choice. Not at all. And we look forward <laughs> to, to seeing you at Fergelechen Wine Farm. And that goes for all our listeners. If you're going down to the Western Cape, make a special trip out to uh, Somerset West, where you can go to Fergelechen Wine Farm. It's well worth a visit. And you don't have to... Wait until that, because you can get Fergelechen wines at your local good wine store, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, until next time, Thank from you. all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a very good night and a good week ahead.